Let's take our Bibles together, please, to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30, as we continue to go verse by verse through the Word of God, see what God says. Two great verses this morning that are before us. Tonight, we'll look at the next few in this chapter. Proverbs chapter 30, verse number 5 and verse number 6, verses that are good to memorize and have in your heart. The Bible says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Add thou not unto His words, lest He reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. We are a Bible-believing church. That sets us apart. We're not just say we believe the Bible. We preach through it. We want to live by it. That's a very different thing in this day and age and even for religion. We're not really interested in a religious show. We're wanting the words of God to dwell in our hearts. And as we look at this text this morning, we I think every year, we even though we're a Bible-believing church, we probably need an emphasis like this, though these are our next verses in line through the chapter, it would be important to always give us a reminder of the confidence that we can have in our Bible. And uh, because the world and everything around us tries to question it and does it in a variety of different ways. But as we look at the Bible itself today, what it says about itself, verse number five, every word of God is pure. There needs to be a belief in the pureness of every word of God. Now, that is not, it does not say that the message of God is pure. Now, watch very carefully. He says every word of God is pure. That is so important. That means every single word that God has said, that God has spoken, that God has given for us in His Bible, every single word is pure. That is so, so important for you to understand this morning. Because if not, if, if you allow the devil to question one word, if he can get uh, just you to crack the door of your heart or mind in such a way, he can bring doubt upon the whole of what God's trying to say to you. And so every word of God is pure. It is not God's message that is pure. It is not God's gospel that is pure in this text. It is not God's thoughts that are pure. It's every word. It does not even say that the word of God is pure. It says Every word of God is pure. We need to have that in our hearts. We need to believe that. Because if you, if you don't, then one little word, and we'll find that out in just a moment. Look at Deuteronomy. It will make all the difference. Deuteronomy chapter 8, which you get with one hand, and Luke chapter 4 with your other hand. Deuteronomy chapter 8, Luke chapter 4, every word of God is pure. Now, that is important because when we look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, and it's going to be repeated in Luke chapter 4, we find this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Bible says in verse number 3, 
And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by, watch it, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. We live by every word, not the overall meaning, not the concept, not the idea, but man lives by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, Jesus confirms this as he is in a conversation with Satan himself. And the Bible says in Luke 4, verse 4, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Every, that means every word of God is important. Our whole life must be lived by every single word of God. Now, isn't it amazing that if you did not have a King James Bible that Luke chapter 4 verse 4 is probably not there. Is that not fascinating? If somebody would just think, why would someone take out every word of God out of Luke chapter 4 verse 4, the very verse that's telling you you have to live by every word of God? I'm trying to get you to understand that it's not just the overall Bible that's important for you. It is every word in that Bible is important for you. And it's all pure. Every word of God is pure. And man has to live by every word of God. You're in Luke. Look at Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. So every word of God is pure. We have to live by every one of those words. And then Luke chapter 21 verse 33. Jesus said, Luke 21, 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my, what is it? Words, not my message, not my gospel, not my thoughts. But my words shall not pass away. So every word of God is pure. We must live by every one of those words. And God says that every one of those words will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. But those words will never pass away. Every one of them. Go to uh, Psalm, Psalm chapter 119. Every word of God is pure. You say, why is that so important? Because one of these days, and if you haven't already arrived there, one of these days you're going to read one of them that you don't like. And you'll have a choice to make. You'll either have to say, is this a pure word? Is this a word I have to live by? Is this a word that will not pass away? Or am I going to dismiss this? In, in uh, Psalm chapter 119, which is all about the words of God, he said in verse number 89, of course, a great verse, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. But I want to call your attention to verse 140. 
Psalm 119, verse 140. Interesting, when God wants to make the longest chapter in the Bible uh, with the most verses that you could read, they're all about His words. Verse 140, watch it. Thy word is very pure. You see that? Therefore thy servant loveth it. Because I can find nothing as pure as... Look, you may have some good friends, but you don't have friends that are pure as this. You may have some right opinions or good ideas or good precepts in in your own mind, in your own heart, but they're not as pure as this. Where else can we find anything so pure as this in the whole planet? Where can we go to find something this pure? You can't. You can't go to a library and find any other book. You can't find any any other person's writings. You can't find any other person in your life that will be as pure as what you're holding in your hand. Every word of God is pure. And because, Lord, your word is very pure, I love it. I love it. Because it's the only source that I can find such a pure word of God that will never change and that can never be altered. You know, Jesus even said, the jot and the tittles will come to pass. You, you, they're not going to pass away. Every jot and tittle. Now, that, that's referencing Hebrew letters and Hebrew words, but it would be like the, the T, the little line that crosses your T or the little dot that dots your I in the English language. He even saying, Jesus is even, listen to this, Jesus is even saying, even the pieces of the words, <laughs> even the very parts of the words, are kept. Psalm, you're in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 12. I want you to have confidence in the purity of the Word of God. Psalm chapter 12. Also verses that need to be memorized by every Bible-believing Christian. Psalm chapter 12, the Bible says in verse number 6, the words, that's plural, Right? The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. That means God preserves to every generation His pure words. That is a promise in the Bible. Not only were the words of God pure when they were given, the words of God are promised to be preserved to every generation in the same purity. Because if they were not, then we have nothing. These people that talk about the purity of the Bible in its original form. And, and of course, we know the Bible's pure in its original form. And you, some people don't believe that. They say, well, that's David's words or Paul's words or Peter's words or John's words. And those are men's words. No, the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Those are not those men's words. Those are God's words that He gave through those men. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This book is authored by God, not by, by the men that put it together. It wasn't their idea, it was God's words. Not just their words, it's God's words. So we know that by inspiration, but there's a group that says, okay, it was pure when it was given, 
but it can't be pure now. Well, if it's not pure now, then we don't have the Word of God. But God promised not just through inspiration, but through preservation. That the same Holy Ghost that, pres- that made the pure Word of God pure as John wrote it, as Matthew wrote it, as Jeremiah wrote it, as Isaiah wrote it, as Moses The same Holy Ghost that used it in its inspiration is the same Holy Ghost that promises to preserve it purely for us because guys if we don't have if only the first church the first generation of the church had the pure word of god it's not much use to us we've got to have it in our generation oh i'm glad amen i'm i don't know when jesus is coming i hope he comes today i really hope he comes today but if i'm dead and gone and my body rots in the ground in a hundred years the generation will still have the words of god pure he promises that And a God that's big enough to make the world is big enough to keep his Bible. And I also believe, I believe it extends past the inspiration and in the preservation. I believe it's even involved in the translation. I believe the Holy Ghost was involved in having you a Bible on your lap that's pure. You know, we're supposed to do everything. We're supposed to walk in the Spirit. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God is supposed to be leading us in our lives, do you not think that the Spirit of God was involved in leading the people that translated the Bible so you could have it in a pure form? Do you think He would just step back and say, all right, figure it out the best you can? I don't believe that for a minute. Because God's purity, if it doesn't extend to the translation, then, it, then, then you don't have it. But it does extend to the translation. This is either the Word of God or it's not. And if it's the Word of God, it must be pure because every Word of God is pure. Are you following me? If it's not the Word of God, it's not pure. If it's not totally... Now, what does it mean by every Word of God is pure? When we talk about purity, we talk about it in two ways. I would first of all say every Word of God is pure in its content. There is nothing dirty about the Bible. You said, preacher, there's some passages. I know every passage. I've read them lots and lots of times. There's nothing dirty about the Bible. There's nothing impure about There's only something dirty about people's minds and people's hearts. Now, man's dirty, but this is not dirty. Every word of God is pure. Everything it tells you. Now, it'll be honest about people. It'll be honest about sin. But it's not dirty. As a matter of fact, the way God gave us our Bible, even when He talks about things that are dirty, He puts them in such words that they're not dirty. And I don't even go into that in mixed company this this morning. But the Bible is a pure book in its content. It's a pure book in, in its effects. You know what this pure Bible will do, these pure words? It'll make you clean. It'll purify your life. And is there any wonder while there is such battles in our lives to keep us from the words of God, whether or not it's the preaching of the words of God from a pulpit or the reading of the words of God in our own private study, because these pure words have an effect upon my dirty heart. And the devil does not want them to have an effect on my dirty heart. So he tries to keep you away from these pure words. And tries to get your mind on words that are impure. 
You know, we have a culture today that says this Bible is hate speech and the things that are in this Bible are impure and inappropriate and not right and out of place and discriminatory and so on and so forth. And I want to say this morning that every word of God is pure. It is man that is unclean. It is man that has a problem. There's no problem here. That's what our text is telling. You say, well, I don't understand this right here. I don't, I don't. It's pure. There's something wrong with you. Nothing wrong with this. Well, what does it say about disciplining children? What does it say about the home life? And it's all right. It's all pure. And the things it says about hell and it's it's pure. The motivation of God to tell you about hell is a pure motive. It's not just trying to scare people. It's trying to tell them the truth. So that they'll come to the light. And so God can purify their hearts. Every word of God is pure. It's pure in the sense of its effect on us. It's pure in its sense of its content. The Bible does not produce dirty lives. And that's why you know people's noses and faces and hearts are not in this pure book because a pure book doesn't produce a dirty life and we got dirty lives all over the place and we have a culture that's dirty because it's gotten away from the pure words of God so it's pure in the sense of its content it's pure in the sense of its effect it's also impure in the sense that it is free from contamination Now, if I talk about you having pure water to drink, then we're giving you the understanding that there's no harm in the water. There is no no contamination in the water. It is good for drinking. There is no no mistake in, in, in taking it and drinking it. The by every word of God is pure in the sense that it's free from contamination. There is no error in any word of God. There is no mistake. There is nothing wrong. There is nothing out of place. It's all true. Every word. I, I tell you what, I would fight you for every single word that's in this book. I, I mean, from the first one to the last one. I don't care if it's a little word in or a little word the or a whither. I'll fight you for all of them because every word of God is pure. Now, we have religion doesn't believe that. Religion says this. It doesn't matter what the words are. Just get the meaning. That's not what the verse says. And God never promised to preserve a message. He promised to preserve words. And so here's what we have. If you went to a Christian bookstore and you bought a Bible today or yesterday or tomorrow, you will will have a choice to make. You will either buy a Bible that is a literal translation. A literal translation of the English Bible means that it was a word-for-word translation. Now, we understand you go from one language to another language. That that It's not just like plug-and-play. But a literal translation is taking the words and putting those words from this language into this language. 
That means I'm taking verbs and I'm putting a verb here. I'm taking a noun and I'm putting a noun here. I'm taking pronouns. I'm trying to get the exact words that are over here from this language into this language. When you go to the Christian bookstore and you buy a Bible, you probably will not see literal translations because they're not interested in word-for-word translations. They just want you to get the idea. And so what you will buy on the shelf at at an average Christian bookstore, you will buy what's called a dynamic equivalent, which is just a paraphrase. In other words, if I say something, if it got translated, I'll just put it into my words the way I want to communicate that with you. That's the way most Bibles are that are published because people don't want word-for-word translations. They are rigid and they are specific. And we we just want a conversation Bible. God doesn't want you to have a conversation Bible. He wants you to have every one of His words. And there's no way you can have every one of His words if you don't even have a little little translation. Oh, I want the message or I want... I don't even know what they are today. The translation you buy, they're not even trying to give you the words of God. They just want you to give the, get the overall meaning. And that's exactly the tool of the devil to get you out of every word of God. That's why we believe the King James Bible, because it is a literal translation. It faithfully gives you every one of God's words in your English language. Now watch our verse. Go back to our text. He says... In Proverbs chapter 30, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Notice how it almost changes the subject, but He does not. They're together. Do you know there is no distinction in trusting the person of God and trusting His Word? There's no distinction. I would say this to you. You can't trust in God without trusting His Word. Because you don't know who God is without His Word. You don't know what God said without His Word. You don't know how to trust Him without His Word. You have no understanding of God without Him putting it down in His Word. We would know nothing about God if it wasn't for His words. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the... The Word of God. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't know how to trust Him. I wouldn't even know what His name is, as the text says. I wouldn't know what He had done for me. So I cannot trust God without trusting His Word. And that's what the devil is working on, to get people to doubt the Word of God. Because if you doubt the Word of God, and you don't know whether God said this or said that, then you can have no assurance of salvation. You have no assurance of who God is. And you're totally lost. Do you know how God personifies Himself in the Bible? He even called His Son. He said His the Son of God's name. His his name shall be called is is the Word of God, showing the personification. That Bible says, "In God will I praise His Word." It's hard to separate God from His Word because this Word is alive. This is not just a book. This is the Holy Ghost is in the words. Do you understand? Jesus said, "The words that I speak, they are spirit, and they are life." That's why you know I'm saved. God saved me. But you know what else saved me? And it's it's not a different salvation. The Bible saved me. 
I'm born again by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. There's no distinction. In other words, I can't trust God if I cannot trust his word. If I don't believe his word, I can't believe him. If I don't have a relationship with his word, I have no relationship with him. His word is so important for us. I, I want to tell you, church, this morning. We, we have nothing if we don't have a Bible. We just have nothing. If we don't have the words of God, we have nothing. We have nothing to believe. Our creeds mean nothing. Our doctrine means nothing. Our lives mean nothing if we don't have every word of God. And that's why the devil is trying to steal it. And the world is trying to subjugate it to something that is, is outdated and obsolete and even, even, uh, uh, even offensive. Because the devil knows without this you have nothing. And he'll try to steal it in a variety of ways. He'll try to change it. See the next verse? Add thou not unto his word. He'll try to change it. He'll try to get you to doubt it. Well, and that's why, that's why, look, our position on the Bible is so clear. We believe the King James Bible is the word of God. It is infallible. It is without error. It is totally pure in every word. And I tell you, anything less than that casts doubt upon the words of God. If you don't believe the King James Bible is the word of God, then you need to go somewhere in this generation and find one that is. Because you can't survive without a perfectly pure Bible. And the devil wants to get you to doubt it. Well, did they translate it right? Are we sure this is right? If he can get you to doubt one of them, he can get you to doubt a whole bunch of them. If he can get you to question a verse, he can get you to question a book. No, every word of God is pure. If he can't get you to doubt it, he'll get you to leave it. You know what's sad? There are a lot of people that believe the Bible is the word of God and that every word in here is pure, and a lot of them walk away from it. They walk away from it in their own house, and they don't read it. They walk away from it in their own life, and they don't live it. You know what the devil's trying to get you to do? He's trying to get you to leave these words because he knows that these words are pure. He knows this is where your faith is solid. and He's just trying to get you to walk away from it. Well, does it really mean that? Does it really say that? Is, is that really applicable to my life? Well, I'm too busy for it. I know what the Bible says, but it doesn't match with my circumstances. No. You, you, you have nothing without the Bible. He is a shield. Watch it. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. If you'll trust God and His Word, it'll be a shield for your life. And if you let the devil bring doubts in your heart about His Word, or if you walk away from the precepts of the Bible, you have no shield. And you are so vulnerable to all the fiery darts of the wicked because you have no shield. 
and society and friends and relatives and circumstances in your life will harm you and maim you and hurt you and be so dangerous in your life if you don't have the bedrock faith in God and in the words of God you have no shield That's why every time we approach that Bible, we need to approach it reverently. We need to approach it holy. We need to to approach it submissively. We need to agree with it. Because if I don't, then I lose my shield. He he said there in 1 Thessalonians, I'll just read it to you, chapter 2. He says, when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, listen, which effectually worketh in you, also in you, that believe. If you don't believe this book, it can't help you. It can't be a shield for you. Stand in judgment against yourself, but don't ever stand in judgment against the Bible. It's always right. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. You can have confidence in the Bible. I'll tell you right now, I don't have confidence in you. (laughs) Pray for me. I don't have confidence in you. I've lived too long. I've seen too many lives change on a dime. I put my confidence in too many people that broke my heart. But I tell you one thing, you can have confidence right here. You need to grab a hold of it, love it, kiss it, live it, squeeze it. And when anybody puts anything in your mind that's contrary to it, you need to get rid of it. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. What would you look at the next verse? Psalm 30, verse 6. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Now, what's interesting about that verse is that it's about in the middle of the Bible. God has put a warning about this at the beginning of the Bible, at the middle of the Bible, and at the ending of the Bible. I don't think he did that by happenstance. I think he did that on purpose. So wherever you find yourself reading, if you'll read long enough, you'll read a commandment not to add to his words. The first place he said that was in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse number 2. He says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So he said early on in the Bible, he said, Don't add unto the word. He said, the same thing in the middle of the book Proverbs verse chapter 30 and verse number 6 add thou not unto his words and then when God concludes the Bible in Revelation chapter 22 verse 18 he says for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book if any man shall add unto these things God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So a warning at the beginning of the Bible, a warning in the middle of the Bible, a warning at the end of the Bible, don't add to my book. Leave my Bible alone. Leave my words alone. Don't mess with them. I believe this. You mess with the Bible, God will mess with your mind. 
I believe half the insanity we have in our, our society is not just because of sin, but somewhere down the road, somebody rejected the words of God and God messed with their mind. You don't mess with God's, God's Bible. You don't mess with His words. There are ramifications for that. That's what the devil did. People have added to the Bible in transcription, those scribes, the copyists. Some of them added in the manuscripts, they, and the judgment of God is upon them. That's where we get all of our other false Bibles today. You can add to the Bible uh, the rabbis, the Jewish religion. You know, if you go, if you go to Israel today, and you try to talk to a Jew just out of the Bible, you know you won't have a very long conversation. He believes the Bible, but that he believes in other things. He believes in rabbinical writings. He believes what the rabbis wrote. Only the problem with that, the rabbis aren't writing the words of God. They're adding to the words of God. And Jesus even said that. You're telling them things, but God said. Judaism became a mess because they added to the Bible. They added their thoughts and their precepts and put it on the same plane. Catholicism has done the same thing. Every time the Pope speaks ex cathedra, he believes he's speaking the words of God. No, he's adding to the Bible. You don't add to the Bible. You're a liar if you add to the Bible. And God will reprove you. Religions have added to the Bible made their own Bibles. Other Bible versions have added things to the Bible and taken from it. Preachers have. Cultists have. People, just dreamers. All types of people have added things to the Bible. Here's, here's the thing. All the people trying to add, the devil in the Garden of Eden added to the Bible with Eve. But here's the thing. When people try to add to the Bible, it doesn't change the Bible. It just causes them to be a liar. You know how else we can add to the Bible? We can quote it wrong. You ever heard somebody say, well, you know, the Bible says, and they say something that ain't there. You ever heard somebody do that? Well, you know, I always believe because it's in the Bible. And they say something that God never said. I tell you how else you can add to the Bible. You can misrepresent it. You ever heard somebody say this when you say, hey, you know, this is not right. This is a sin in your life. And they turn to you and say, well, the Bible says judge not. You know what they just did? They misrepresented the Bible. That, the, Bible is not, the Bible is not trying to justify their wickedness, but people use it for that. Guys. We have got to, with open face, look into the Bible and say, Lord, whatever you say about my life or life in general or my home, you're right. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to accept it. And I'm not going to twist it. And I'm not going to misrepresent it. And I will do that, but that doesn't mean that if. That's not what God's really trying to say to me because. Add unto his words, he says, and I will reprove thee and you'll be found a liar. You know, every word, just one little word, just add one little word. Probably the most significant illustration I can give that to you. John chapter 1 verse 1, just adding, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me, let, let me give you another translation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Adding one little letter, one little word. And you know what you have? The Mormon religion with one word. You know how important one little word is? A virgin shall be with child. Not a young woman. A virgin. You know how... Do you know how important it is that Mary was a virgin just as the Word is there? Because if she was not, then Jesus Christ could not be your Savior because of that one Word. How about the word Father? How about the words in some translations that say Joseph was his father? Father. That's not in the King James Bible, but you can get a Bible that says Joseph is his father. Well, it's just one word. What does it matter? Heaven and hell, that's what it matters. You say, preacher, well, the translations aren't all that different. You're, you're crazy. Right there it is. Seven to nine thousand words right there. How about the word Calvary? Think that's a pretty good word? Why would somebody want to take it out of the Bible? How about, how about the word Lucifer? You think that would be a pretty good word to designate and understand who the devil is? Why would you take that out of the Bible? How about in whom we have redemption through his blood? You think blood might be an important word in that phrase? Why would you take that out of the Bible? Hmm. What about the little word hell? You think that's an important word? To be preached, to be read, to be understood. Why would you change that? Why would you take that out of the Bible? How about the little word sodomite? That's also a Bible word. You think that would have any social ramifications for taking that out of the Bible? Hmm. When you start analyzing it over and over, thousands and thousands of words, and all it is is the devil trying to steal the words of God from your life. How about the word study? There's only one place in the whole Bible that tells you to study the Bible. Would that be an important word to leave in there? Why would somebody take that out? How about when Nebuchadnezzar looked in the furnace and he said, The fourth man I see is likened to a son of the gods. Don't you think that's a little different than likening to the son of God? You see what a little word, what a difference a little word. Matter of fact, even the mark of the beast. Let me ask you a question. Is the mark of the beast on somebody's hand and their forehead or is it in their hand and their forehead? You think that's a difference? 
There's a difference in this book that tells you the difference. Over and over again. We have, oh, it doesn't really matter. It matters everything because we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. We want to believe all these words. We want to hold them to be true. The Bible's correct. Don't correct the Bible. Let the Bible correct you. Don't stand in judgment on the Bible. Well, why would a loving God do this? And why would He say that? Don't stand in judgment on the Word of God. It's pure. Stand in judgment on yourself. Stand in judgment on your own heart. And what we need this morning, and maybe I know you say, Preacher, I believe the King James Bible, and I'm going to continue to believe it, and I don't believe it have any errors. And I'm telling you, every day I see King James Bible believers that walk away from the Bible. And they quit living by the Bible. And they quit loving the Bible. And they quit submitting to the Bible. And they quit reading the Bible. And it's just as bad as if they gave in to another translation. Because as Brother Knox says, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it won't matter which translation you disobeyed. So you know what I want to say this morning? January 2023. I pledge allegiance to the King James Bible. Here I stand and here I'll die. I need it. And in a changing world, in a messed up society, with a messed up brain and a messed up heart, I need every word of God is pure and He is a shield unto them that trust in Him. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Would you pledge allegiance to the Bible this morning? To live it, to love it, to read it? To agree with it, to submit to it?